Hi, this is Jay Farner, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. We can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows. So when you call 8338-ROCKET or visit us at rocketmortgage.com to start your refinance, you'll be well on your way to saving money every month. The rate today on our 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 3.375%, APR 3.59%. Right now could be a great time for you to take some positive financial steps forward with a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, which could give you the boost that you're looking for. In addition, we may be able to help you refinance with little or no out-of-pocket costs. At Rocket Mortgage, we're committed to every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, giving you the best mortgage experience. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Rates subject to change. Pay 1.875% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Next Talk contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the Next Talk? Today we're talking about nudge versus nag. Oh, this does not sound good at all. I pause there because I'm thinking through it. Nudging versus nagging. Hmm. Just I'm feeling us, already, already like I'm going to be in trouble. Don't hit the <laughs> stop button. <laughs> right. No, no. Always, always good to learn new things, right? Yeah. And be held accountable. <laughs> you know, we, we talked about this a little bit, like preparing for it, that we could take this subject and come at it from a lot of different angles, like marriage or with friends. I mean, I've never nagged you, but I'm sure that happens to other people. Okay, don't lie, uh, Kim. We cannot lie. <laughs> lying as a fan. My kids say that all the time when I say that lying is a sin, mom. <laughs> we could even talk in the work perspective. I mean, totally. But we wanted to focus on these two terms specifically in the parenting context. Yeah. You know, what does that mean in that world? Yeah. I mean, let's really define what each of these words mean and what it means in that context as a parent, you know, as a mom or a dad. You know, I think about all sorts of things when I think about the nudge versus nag. Our kids could be charging down a path. They love this activity. They're doing great. And then all of a sudden they're like, I want to quit. And you're like, what? Like it takes you off off guard and you don't want to become overbearing, but at the same time, you're like, you want to understand why the sudden change, or it could mean lots of different things. It could mean, you know, like, I just want to get my kid to regulate their screen time better. Like, how do I do that? It could mean like trying to get them to clean their room, trying to get them to chase a dream, try something new, anything like that. I think this show really comes into play. The thing that came to mind for me first was, you know, when you see things in your kids that are natural talents or tendencies or they're bent and you're like, wow, you're so good at that. Even if it's just inside and you want to push them in that direction because you could see maybe even how God could use them in that way. But maybe it's not time yet, but it's super easy when you see those kind of things to like nag them. Like, you really should try this. You really should do this. You really should keep up with this versus nudge them into it. It could just really, there's so many areas in parenting. Yeah, and I'm finding the difference with this with my kids, the difference between a nudge and a nag, it makes a huge difference in motivating my kids, getting them to think through their decisions, 
changing their behavior. And honestly, how I respond, if I'm a nudge versus a nag, it really either builds up or it tears down our relationship. And so the more I get into this and I see the difference between a nudge versus a nag, I know I texted you the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like thinking about this. I think we need to do a show about it because I think it's an important conversation. It is. And I think one of the best places to start with this, because those words, you can define them a little bit differently, is that we actually do define them. You were looking up nudge in the dictionary and it said to push slightly or gently, which is such a great explanation of that word. You know what's funny is when I saw that definition, you know what I thought about? I thought about our first day on the radio. (laughs) I actually thought about it. And I remember sitting across from you and it was like a deer in the headlights. Like what? Cause you have all this radio experience. Like you, you're like a morning show talk show host. You're good. Right. <laughs> and I'm over here. Like, how do I use the microphone? Like, where do I put it? Like, and I remember you, like we prayed and you were like, God's got you. Like you gave me that gentle nudge and it wasn't a nagging. Like if you don't do this, I'm walking out right now and I'm not going to be your friend. It wasn't that, but it was just this gentle nudge of encouragement and it empowered me. It almost made me feel like she believes I can do this. So let me just dive in and try this. Mm-hmm. So when I looked that up in the dictionary, that's the visual that I got. Oh, bless it. Nudge, I'm glad you remember it me. that way. <laughs> what do you remember? Just, oh my gosh. I don't. I, I don't. Believe. I just remember thinking like, this is really exciting. And I was so proud of you for pushing into a new space because it is a very vulnerable thing to put yourself out there in any kind of media. So that's all I remember in a general sense. But I'm glad you remember it that way. That's sweet. It really is what I envisioned. So nudge to push slightly or gently. Okay, let's move on and talk about nag. Here's the definition of nag. Annoy by persistent fault finding, complaints or demands to find fault or complain in an irritating manner. I mean, I don't know about you, but I completely go negative. (laughs) You know, when I feel nagged, I think about when I feel like somebody's like on my back nagging me to do something. I get defensive. I get rebellious. I get disrespectful, actually. Sometimes I do the opposite just because I'm like, whatever, you're not going to tell me what to do, right? (laughs) Does anybody else have that in them? Especially as a teenager. Like I totally had that as a teenager. So embarrassing. As a teenager. So embarrassed for you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's a natural, even just reading that description, I can feel what it, it it feels like to be nagged and also to nag because wouldn't you agree or maybe this is just me when I'm nagging someone I usually can feel it I know that I'm doing it because I'm annoyed by myself sometimes and you've heard parents say like I'm so tired of asking you to clean your room like you know when you're nagging and going on and on about the same thing it's not only irritating to the other person but to yourself yeah 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 I think of that bible verse I don't know if it says the word nag in the bible verse but it says it's talking about it in a marriage context and And it says a wife is like a dripping faucet that they're like on you constantly. Um, And I think about that, you know, when you're laying in bed and you hear a faucet dripping and you just are like, oh my gosh, like that is so annoying. I've got to turn that off. That's the same way with a nag. And I think if we think about it like that and we put it into a parenting context, then we can see, okay, I want to nudge my kids, but I don't want to nag them. But I think, you know, we can all agree that that's what we want to do. But I think the purpose of this show, we really want to dive in and give you examples of how you do that. 
How do you nudge without nagging? We want to empower and encourage without pushing them away from whatever it is the topic might be. And one of the best ways to do that, we would both agree, I think, you know, uh, and we've seen this over the years with our kids, is asking the question, why? Find out the why behind the decision or behind why they're not, you know, I, th- I think of this in, in a sports context, you know, like if your kid is just plowing ahead and they've been passionate about this sport or this activity or this hobby, you know, something that ignites them. And you've seen this over and over again. And then all of a sudden they're like, I want to stop. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we don't want to become overbearing and be like, no, we've got years invested. You're, you're doing this no matter what. Like we don't want to become that, like that, like overbearing and like a nag. But we do want to say, Hey, why the sudden decision? Normally when I ask that question, it may not come out right away. But if I continue to dig on that why and continue to press my kids into why are you changing your mind on this? Typically, I find insecurities and fears. Um, Things like I may not be good enough. I've been doing it, but as the older I get, it gets more competitive. What if I'm not good enough? That's what you want to find out because then you can talk it through with them and Mm -hmm. be like, okay, listen, those are legitimate fears and insecurities. Like everybody has those. So we acknowledge their feelings as real and true, but we have to teach our kids that they can't live out of fear. They can't make decisions out of fear. And so we have to push through that. Now, if the why is I don't like the sport anymore, you know, I had an injury and it's not going well for me, then that's a whole other conversation. But a lot of times with the why I'm finding the fears and insecurities. I would absolutely agree with that. That's what we've seen happen with our kids too. The more that we question them and just try to have conversations with them, the why usually boils down to something that's an emotional struggle and being able to talk to them about that. A lot of times it has nothing to do with the sport or the activity or whatever it might be. And getting to the root of that applies to other life situations. So I think it's just so important to ask the why. I do want to kind of flip the switch on that though. It just kind of came to me is that we also need to ask our ourselves why? Why am I nagging my kid about this? Because sometimes it's something going on with us, like it was our sport or our thing or our dream for our child. And maybe it's obvious why your child doesn't want to do something anymore, but you aren't willing to accept it because it's something going on with you. So I think asking the why for your kid is super important, but also for yourself. Why am I putting myself in this position of nagging them over this situation? And if we do both of those, I think the outcome can only be good. Absolutely. Look internally first. And then if you're going to ask your kids why, you've got to be able to look in the mirror and ask you why. Why is this so important to me? Why do I want to push this? Why do I want to nudge? I do feel like, you know, when we talk about nudge versus nag, I really think about this nudging of getting out of the boat, getting out of the uncomfortable. Because a lot of times when I ask the why, it's, well, I don't know those kids. I don't have friends in that group. I don't have, it's the insecurities again. And fear um, of failure is a big one. Fear of failure is a big one. And I feel like that little nudge of being able to, you know, um, when Peter walked on the water, he had to get out of the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to get out of the boat with Jesus and that's uncomfortable. And I, you know, it's really important for me as a parent to teach my kids to get out of the boat. Now you can try it once or twice and it may not be for you. And then that's fine. But if you're going to write it off just because you're afraid, then that's a different conversation. 
If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio at 2 p.m. on AM 630 The Word. Next Talk Radio is sponsored in part by the PAX Financial Group and listeners just like you. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through your donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. There's big news if you are an investment client of USAA. Just recently, USAA announced that a Cleveland, Ohio corporation has entered into an agreement to purchase USAA Asset Management. They have always been an exceptional organization and will continue to serve our community well. But if you are considering a change, this might be the right time to look at San Antonio's PAX Financial Group. 210-881-5700, paxfinancialgroup.com. Investment advisory services offered through PAX Financial Group. So today we're talking about nudge versus nag. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I wish I could say I don't know what it feels like to be a nag, but I sure do know what it feels like. I don't feel good when I'm doing it and my kids don't respond well. It pushes them away. It frustrates them, irritates them. It's just never a good outcome for anyone. So let me ask you this, Kim. When you were little... And your mom would nudge you, not nag you, but nudge you to get out of your comfort zone um, and maybe try something new. Is there anything that she did that helped you get over those fears and insecurities? Because I think we need to talk about that part of the conversation too, because we're asking parents to dive into the why. And if the fears and insecurities do come up in their kids, like how can they help them overcome those? This is really simple. And it's something my mom did um, when I was young. And she still will say it to me sometimes. And I, and I say it to my kids all the time and my husband and friends. It's just been one of those things is she would always say, Kim, tell me what is the worst thing that can happen when I would be afraid to do something or worried about the the outcome of the situation. And, you know, as a kid, sometimes your first response is just like, well, they could hate me or I could fail. And she'd say, yes, but what is what does that mean? What does that mean for you? And we would keep walking down the path till we got to the core of the issue. And almost every time, it really wasn't a big deal. It wasn't enough to prevent me from trying something new or stepping outside of the comfort zone. But I needed to walk down that path and see all the different outcomes and what might happen and talk it through in my safe space with my mom before I felt the courage to actually do it. And so I think just that little phrase is a good jumping off point with you and your kids when you're trying to walk them through uncomfortability or fear or any of those feelings that are bubbling up when you see them or you're wanting to nag them over doing something. I think a gentle nudge with a healthy dialogue can really help your kid build courage and overcome fears and securities. I think this is a very important life lesson for both us and our kids. However, if what you do every day is get up and tell your kid, sign up for this right now, you're going to do this, you are going to play this sport, or you need to be more active, you need to lose weight, you need to have more discipline, you need to turn off your screens. How is your child going to respond if you're just barking out those orders without any healthy dialogue, without asking why? It's just nag. You're at them all the time. Mm -hmm. They're going to tune out. They're going to shut down. And there goes your healthy dialogue. 
Well, and I think that's twofold. That can be like in the beginning of an experience, like not wanting to try something new. But if your kids see that that's kind of your operating place is nagging, then that can also shut down their desire to pursue or explore or share with you what they're interested in. Because they're like, if I tell them, then they're just going to nag me about it all the time. They're going to be like, remember you said this? You did. You wanted to do that. What are you doing about it? Or how? And your kid may actually withdraw from sharing just ideas with you because they don't want to be hounded about it. So, I mean, it can really affect your relationship on a lot of different levels. Absolutely. I'm so glad you pointed that out. You know, we've talked a lot about extracurricular activities, like getting them to try something new, chase a dream, continue with a sport or try a new hobby. That's kind of the premise that we've been talking about the bulk of the show right now. But I want to talk about some other things. Like how do I get them to turn off screens? If I'm just barking out orders, turn off the screen, get off the screen. It's not good for you. That's a nagging situation. What I've learned is that's so much more effective is, yes, if we see our kids struggling with screen balance, we should be nudged to get involved and we should nudge them to bring up a conversation. But again, it's that nudge with healthy dialogue. And so what I've found worked really well is to maybe say something like, and, and you know, pray about your timing here. Make sure your kid is in a mood to hear this. You know, this shouldn't be like right when they get home from school or right after practice when they're exhausted. You know, this is in a moment when your kid likes, is in the mood to talk, right? Oh, here's the worst time to do it. I just have to throw this in here right now. Throw it in there. This is when they're about to like achieve this huge thing in the game that they're playing. That oh, is not don't the time. Do yeah, not the time. And that's when it happens the most. First solo win in Fortnite, do not just be like, hey, can we talk about something? No, no. Yeah. Just, or like, shut it down. It's time solo. to, yeah, no. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Good addition right there. Um, it, but yeah, like, you know, you could say something like, hey, I've noticed you've been struggling to maintain a healthy balance. I've noticed you're a little bit out of whack. Um, you've been spending a lot of time on, you know, blank. What is their choice? So that could be Fortnite. That could be TikTok. That could be Snapchat. That could be whatever your kid spends a lot of time on. And I've noticed you kind of get in this fog. Um, sometimes you get attitude when you're in that space. And um, I know you love this. I know you love that platform. But can we talk about this? Can we talk about maybe having a healthier balance? Um, do you see how that's a nudge that we're, 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 we're not letting the behavior go. We're not saying, okay, I just throw my hands up in the air because I don't want to be a nag. We're not doing that, but we're nudging them into a thought provoking conversation about, Hey, have you noticed this? Mm -hmm. Well, and that sets them up for being self-aware. You know, when you in invite them into the conversation about noticing things about their behavior um, or noticing things about their actions, that sets a tone for them and, and begins the process of teaching them how to do that on their own. And that's really the ultimate goal. We're not always going to be there to say, hey, have you noticed this? They need to learn how to do that themselves because there's not always going to be someone to nag or nudge them in the room. And so it really is twofold there. You're, you're helping them to notice and make changes, but also setting them up for success in the future. I love that because, you know, I have a 16 year old and everything that I do from a parenting perspective right now, I think in two years, she's on her own. In two mm -hmm. years, she's not having me here. So is she managing it well? And what do I need to shape and mold and nudge a little right now so she sees? So that when she goes off by herself, she's a productive human with healthy habits 
And will she get out of whack with social media and other things? Absolutely. Just like I do, but she'll notice it because we've had the conversations to get her moving in that direction. So you're talking about it as far as like games and social media and screens and stuff. I think that's a great way to uh, approach it. Absolutely. But what about things that are just like everyday things like clean your nasty room, child? Like the smell in here is old cheese and dead roaches. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Whatever it is for your household, um, that's a struggle because you want your kids to be responsible and do chores and not be nasty. But how do you get them to do the things that nobody wants to do without turning into a nag? I'm laughing because of the word nasty. I don't know why because (laughs) I saw this meme the other day. It was a while back and it said something about like, when you walk into a teenager's room, it's like you you find all these dishes, <laughs> like forks. Yes, and, and nasty town. I, I, just gross, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've all been there. We've all been that. I was, you know, as a teenager, I was not, um, I was messy. I was not on top of it like I am now and as organized. Um, and so I get it. But, you know, it, this is just like the screen conversation to me, like for the older kids, you know, like I have two teenagers. And so for me, you know, it's just not effective at this age to be like, get up and clean your room now. Like I need it clean. Like they're just rolling their eyes, you know, and they may go in and pick up one sock or whatever, but they're not like motivated to do something about it. They're just like pleasing me. And I think just like the, just like the idea that we introduced on um, protect your heart and mind show, and you can go listen to that. This is the same concept. We don't want to just tell our kids don't look at porn. It's more about like, the why behind it. Like this is the the dangers of it, you know, getting them to understand and then they're responsible for it. That's when we're going to, you know, create real change, raise a real generation that's going to be different and be able to think through their actions and behaviors. I, you know, that's awesome. And I, I think with younger kids that can work too. One of the things that we have done is, you you know, with kids that are little, they have no problem saying how they feel out loud, even if it's in an inappropriate situation. Like, look at that man with the patch. You know, they just say what they see. And so if you have young kids, that was really random, by the way, but it happened to us at HD. Um, <laughs> it's an example, real life example here. Real life example. Um, you know, when you have younger kids, a lot of times you're still doing things like play dates and going to different places. And I don't know about you, but my kids are very vocal about like, oh, you know, I saw this or this family does this this way. And they're, they'll say, I, I didn't really care for that. Or I really like that because that's something that we could do. And so that's been really helpful for me with things like cleaning their room or having chores. Because when I notice that their rooms are clean or they haven't done their chores, I'll say, hey, remember that time when we were here, bump, 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 and you said, man, it was uncomfortable around all of that clutter. Or I didn't like the way I felt when we sat down and things just felt dirty to me. I said, remember that? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, how do you think that happens? And then we go through that process of over time, if you don't do a little bit every day, or if you don't take care of your things, or if you don't put things in their place, it just builds up and then you feel overwhelmed by it and you don't even know where to start. So might as well do a little bit every day and then you feel organized and calm in your space. And being able to explain it that way has helped my kids tremendously. And so now they have a routine every day that they do 
And um, I don't have to nag them. I don't have to get in there and be like crazy lady, which makes it easier for me to parent. You've created a routine, like a standard operating procedure. And so it's a lot less even nudging at this point because it's just there be that's what they do. Point out what they like and what they don't like and remind them it applies to their own life. And there's a process to getting there and keeping it there. And I think that helps them. I think it helps them a lot. I agree. Um, and, you know, one of the things I do with my older kids, I will I will say stuff like, again, just like I handle kind of the screen conversation, I will say, you know, I've noticed when you are more productive, like in your time management is better when your room is clean, there's something to be said about how you feel organized and then you tackle other projects. Yes. And doesn't that make you feel better? You know, again, pointing out that behavior of what we want to see, because we know that they're, um, you know, just setting the tone and taking more responsibility by cleaning their room, turning off the screens, and then it becomes an ingrained piece of who they are instead of, oh, I just have to do what mom and dad barks out the orders to do, right? There's a huge difference. And I think this is where we see that nudge versus the nagging. Mm -hmm. You know, one other thing that I think we really need to state on this show is um, if you know, like if you're being nudged by the Holy Spirit, like you have this feeling in you, um, you know, yes, it can lead you astray. Sometimes a feeling can lead you astray. Absolutely. But if this thing just keeps coming up over and over, and I, I think about this, like, um, something's off with my kid. I can tell a difference in their behavior. I know my kids, something's wrong. They've either seen something, somebody's tried to, you know, if you have that nudging of the Holy spirit, you need to follow that always. Um, You know, you're not nagging your child by continually asking them if they're okay or, Mm -hmm. hey, we need to talk about this because I'm afraid you may see this on a screen. Um, And I just want to put that out there. Like, don't ignore that. Um, Sometimes and, and many of these conversations, really in all of these conversations, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us because we know our kid and if we know God, he's he in, he's in our heart with the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide these conversations on where we need to go, how we need to nudge and how we not need to be overbearing and a nag, but nudging them into healthy dialogue. Remember, healthy dialogue, conversation in that even mixed with routine, like what you said, Kim, it can help us stay out of that nag zone. For our wrap-up segment today, let's remember, number one, sometimes our kids need a nudge. Gently nudge them into a healthy conversation to address the issue. And number two, when continually nagging our kids without any conversation, it can really hurt or damage the relationship. And number three, lean on the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our video series and podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Next Talk.